Life is meant to be rewarding, satisfying, and enjoyed. But life gets messy, which is why we created the Bless Our Mess podcast. Taylor and Kelly are your hosts, and we are having real, raw, vulnerable, and unedited conversations about strengthening marriages and families, parenting approaches, life's triumphs, life's failures, and all of the mess in between. Taylor is a licensed marriage and family therapist and brings his life's work and experiences to these crucial conversations in overcoming life's biggest challenges and finding joy in the chaos of life. Welcome to the Bless Our Mess podcast. Hey, welcome back to another Therapy Thursday. Um, I've been part of this uh, online Facebook group for some time now, quite a time, and it's dedicated to helping, you know, couples and and their relationships and and families. And so obviously the stronger the relationship in a marriage, the higher the likelihood that there's going to be um, strong relationships within the family as far as um, parent-child bonds and, and relationships and the quality that you find there. And so one of the, the common themes that I'm seeing recently in this group is um, how they start losing affection for one another in their relationship, how they start to feel distant, and then uh, they start to feel, they they start hearing phrases like, I love you, but I'm not in love with you, or maybe it's one-sided where you know, one partner feels like they're trying to make things work and the other person's in the relationships getting distant and they'll list out all of these really long things of, you know, here's what I'm doing to try to keep the, the relationship alive and vibrant. And it got me really thinking about, um, some of the studies that, um, I've read and, and a lot of them indicate, you know, that, that oftentimes it boils down to the seemingly small and insignificant things that couples do, um, that often get overlooked because they're small and simple, but those small and simple things consistently will bring big results, great results within, within the relationship to where each person is feeling complete satisfaction within within that relationship. So that's what I would like to spend a little bit of time today talking about is those seemingly small and insignificant things that can really build a positive, lasting relationship in the marriage. So it, it doesn't take, you know, a, a major overhaul in a relationship to improve it. Um, or to maintain that momentum for that, for that lasting connection, changing a relationship even slightly can have a drastic positive effect over time. So those seemingly small and significant things often, right? That's what we're looking to do. And couples who do that, who follow these small, simple things, they often repair conflict easier within the relationship and uh, they also create a path toward a more, you know, intimate, trusting, and again, satisfying relationship. So some of the things that I, I wanted to talk about today are partings when we when we separate from each other for the day, um, when we reunite, um, taking time to express admiration 
and appreciation, being deliberate with date nights, um, which allow us to better understand the inner psychological world of our partner, um, affection, and then aftermath of a fight. So we'll start with the partings, right? So, so in today's day and age, a lot of times, right, there's dual um, household incomes, people are working and life gets crazy. It gets busy, but prior to parting in the morning, you know, spend a couple of minutes if possible, you know, spend a couple of minutes chatting with your partner, try to discover at least one interesting thing that will, you know, happen in your partner's day. Obviously it, remember to say goodbye and do so with a kiss, not a peck, a kiss, you know, give that kiss needs to be five plus seconds, right? A lingering kiss that, that really allows, um, the, the physical connection, the emotional connection, the mental connection. So I know that it doesn't always line up that way where everyone's awake and up and running around at the same time, but if you can make that parting part of your just relationship routine, man, it makes the world of a difference. The next one, just rapid fire, admiration and appreciation. Okay, maintaining, you know, that loving relationship, that definitely requires action and expression, right? So it's not enough to just be, you know, kind and 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 have those kind, appreciative thoughts about your partner, it is paramount that you say them out loud. Let your partner know. Frequent expressions of affection and appreciation towards your partner help build a loving, you know, um, secure relationship. And we've mentioned that, uh, Kelly and I, in some of our past um, episodes, that this is something that we are very cognizant of, um, especially as we're laying down at bed at night. Um, there is often, we will say nearly every night, something, a genuine expression of appreciation for each other that maybe it was something that they did that day. Um, just last night, you know, I, I was, um, had been sick the last couple of days with the flu and oh my gosh, my wife, I've said it before, she's superwoman, right? And so now that I'm finally starting to feel better, I'm on the mend, my energy levels are coming back, I'm laying there, and I'm just so, you know, I just expressed, gosh, I'm so grateful for you keeping the household down. I'm so grateful that, you know, you continue to stand by me and support me no matter what, right? It was something simple, and but I, I genuinely feel that. And if I don't let her into that inner world, it's really hard for us to stay, um, you know, emotionally connected. So, you know, some, some ways to do this admiration and appreciation is to share something, you know, that, that you like about their personality, perhaps, um, give an actual, um, incident that might have happened during that day that really illustrates that characteristic. Um, you know, it could be something like, oh, I, I just love that you're so, you know, playful, caring, gentle, kind, powerful, sweet, you know, understanding, whatever. 
Um, especially this afternoon, we spent time with the kids, right? Like just expressing that. So uh, another thing that I like to recommend to couples with this admiration and appreciation is, you know, catch your partner doing something. Um, I'm going to use quote hands right, you know, and say thanks for it. Um, like the times that I'll step in and, and pick up and help clean and, and do the dishes, Kel will, will quick to chime in with, hey, oh, thank you so much for, you know, doing the dishes. That means a lot. Um, and it, it's amazing. Just that little thing I've, that when I work with couples and make that recommendation, a hundred percent of the time I hear back, wow, it feels good to be noticed and appreciated. So catch them doing the right thing, but then express that thanks, that appreciation, gratitude. Um, some of the smaller, simple things that you can do, you, you know, you can send a text throughout the day, let them know that you're thinking about them um, and express appreciation that way. Or, you know, sometimes early on in our marriage before all of this technology, um, my wife would leave <clears throat> these little sticky love notes of, you know, basically of appreciation. Thank you for working so hard. Thank you for being involved with the children and so forth and so on. And she would do this often, you know, I'd walk out to my car as I'm leaving for work and sure enough, there's um, a sticky note or she would put it in like my bag to where I would find it later around lunch. And man, that just meant the world to me, right? It made the world of a difference for my day. Um, so the next one's affection, right? We need to kiss. We need to be hugging. We need to hold on. We need to grab. We need to touch each other. Um, you know, play in a relationship. It's, it's good. It's healthy. Um, and so make sure to kiss or touch one another at partings when you reunite, not parties, partings, right? When you reunite, um, before you're going to bed, you know, practice those, those longer lingering kisses whenever possible. Um, and I'm telling you, it makes the world of a difference. Um, and, and when you reunite for the day, um, one of the, the crucial things that I recommend to the clients I work with is to build in a stress reducing conversation. You know, obviously when, when your partner comes home, Greet them with a hug, greet them with a kiss, not a peck, a kiss. Uh, and when you return at the end of the day to each other, um, you know, build in some time for that stress-reducing conversation. Um, and, and that might be, you know, hey, tell me what was great about your day. What was difficult about your day? Um, how are you now? How are you emotionally? What do you need right now to de-stress so we can, right, um, connect more deeply? Because how we manage stress is is critical. The research has shown that the couples who, you know, really kind of buffer their relationship from the external stressors of life were able to maintain their positive relationship that changes over time, right? Life is constantly throwing us new stressors, and that's just how it'll be, right? And so... The couples who regularly bring in these stress-reducing conversations, they buffer that out. It helps them connect. It helps them stay united. So 
Um, a way to do this would be obviously find a quiet, distraction-free space in your home where you can sit with each other and, you know, take turns sharing about the stressors throughout the day and how you handled them and, and what you need. Now, I get that this isn't always easy because, trust me, we have six children and they the second one of us walks through the door, we just get bombarded with either questions or excitement or frustrations and sadness, right? As you can imagine, maybe they're excited to tell us something that happened at school, or maybe they're upset that their sibling is teasing. And so <laughs> we get hit with a lot of things when we walk through the door, but we, we do try, right? To, Hey, give us some space. Hey, mom and dad are talking right now. Um, you know, Hey, why don't you go do your chores and then, and then we'll talk, you know, we try to create that space where we can, where we can talk. It doesn't always work. And sometimes we have to wait till later after the kids are in bed and we can start having some, some of those conversations, but we do, um, you know, again, try to, try to be deliberate in that. Um, and then try to just take turns being a speaker and a listener, you know, um, and if you're speaking, it's okay, be open, be vocal, be vulnerable, express everything. If you're the listener, right, look for ways that um, you can validate, empathize with with what they're going through. Um, you know, give support, you know, show that genuine interest, you know, ma- maintain that eye contact that lets you know you're, you're involved, you know, ask questions, um, try to be as much of an ally for, for your, your, partner as possible. So, um, at the end of the day, right, what we're really trying to do is, um, be present with those, right? Be present mentally, emotionally, physically, um, that physical nonverbal, right? Expression that you're there, you know, be mindful of that. Um, so yes, create those conversations. The next is going to be, um, you know, those date nights, um, and, and kind of creating, um, that, that inner psychological and emotional connection, right? That's where the date night should be too many times. Um, date nights fall into the routine of like dinner and a movie. Now dinner, it's oftentimes noisy. It's crowded, right? It's yeah, it it can get overwhelming and sometimes it's difficult to have open, genuine conversations while you're in public. And then obviously if you're at a movie, there's no talking, there's no dialogue because you're both being entertained by a movie. Nothing wrong with that. My wife and I, we used to do that a lot. <laughs> As you can imagine, that's changed over time when once you have uh, six kids. But you know, try to do activities that promote conversation and connection, right? So if possible, make a weekly commitment to have a date night. I get that that life happens and that's, you know, to do that a hundred percent week in and week out is not realistic. And I don't know if possible to complete, right. And to be consistent with, but try to be deliberate in having a you know, those date nights weekly, if possible. Um, and at least for a minimum of two hours, right. That gives yourself time to really de-stress connect, um, 
And so, yeah, try to try that. Uh, a weekly date, obviously, it can be super relaxing. It's a great way to reduce stress and to update, um, you know, that that emotional connection between the two of you. And it gives you a chance to what I, you know, what the research calls is turn toward right? Here we are. We have life coming at us. There's so many things that get us to turn away from each other, away from the relationship. You know, that's work. Um, that's entertainment when we get home. Um, that's children. Uh, it's conflict, right? There's just so many things in life that try to get us to turn away from, distract us from. So these date nights give us a chance to turn toward each other. Um, and this is where it's a great time to start practicing open-ended questions, you know, um, that's where you could talk about maybe your next dream vacation and then your next realistic vacation. You know, what would be a great idea? What would be your dream getaway? What would be a realistic getaway that we could do, you know, in this fiscal year, right? Um, if you're, you know, trying to understand, you know, hey, what what does it look like for you um, after we retire? Um, you know, if you could change anything about um, our current circumstances, what would it be? If you could change anything about our um, societal circumstances, you know, what would it be? This helps you, these open-ended questions really help each partner better understand the inner psychological workings, right? And the more we understand that, the deeper the connection, right? And so I would like to kind of wrap things up with, you know, these small, simple things, right? Is the af aftermath of a fight. Like if you do all of these things leading up to a conflict within the relationship, the aftermath of that fight is significantly better, right? So we all have arguments. Um, there's conflict in a relationship is inevitable. The, the relationships that base or have a definition of a good relationship is on the absence of conflict. They're setting themselves up for failure, right? So if we can just accept that it's going to happen, then we can be deliberate in becoming masters of conflict, right? We're going to become masters in navigating that. So at the end of it, we're actually closer to each other rather than it creating the wedge of anger and resentment. So we have those arguments at times. We say the wrong things. We'll do the wrong things. We will hurt each other in some form or another. So one of the most important tools for maintaining that lasting relationship is, again, to know how to have that conflict. Um, mo most importantly, how to have it to where you don't get back into it, right? So by the time the conflict's over, each person feels like it's resolved. It's not swept under the rug. It's not placed behind you and thinking like, oh, now we, now we can just pretend to be normal as if things never happened. It's no, you really get to to create resolution, a resolve to it, and again, not get back into it. Um, that way, in order, it makes it easier to have those um, those discussions in the future, you, you know, next time without the past being brought in, without that resentment being brought in. So really process any of those hurt feelings and misunderstandings between the two of you, right? Um 
this is where you can discuss um, emotional um, injuries that might have happened. Um, this is where you can start to reclaim kind of that unification within the relationship. And so when I say process, I mean, you know, talk about the incident and try with it, to do so without getting upset about it again, right? So in the heat of it, we're going to get hurt. There might become a point where each partner is like, oh, I need some space before we can continue forward with this conversation. Give me some space. And, and obviously it's paramount that you come back. And so once each person has kind of physiologically self-soothed, emotionally calmed down, and you return, it's that's where you get to talk about hey, this is what it was like for me. You know, it was hurtful when I heard these things. Um, you know, this is what I need for myself and from you and just having that open dialogue, right? Now, this takes a high level of emotional maturity on each side um, because if there are personal insecurities within that relationship, when you express the hurt, they internalize that um, in a very negative way. I used to do that a lot. In, in our marriage, right? Um, because I was very insecure early on in our marriage with, um, you know, struggling with, I'm not good enough as a husband, I'm not good enough as a father, you know, and things like that. And so when um, Kelly would bring up things that I would do that might um, emotionally hurt her, right? I personalized that rather than hearing and empathizing with what she was experiencing. All I heard was, I'm a horrible husband, I'm a horrible father. And it just reignited the frustration. And it wasn't with her. It was with myself, right? And so over time, as I've worked on my emotional um, maturity, and I've said it before, and you'll hear me say it a, a million times more, is as I've learned to let those moments mean something to me rather than something about me right? I was personalizing. I let it mean something about me when she expressed, gosh, that was emotionally hurtful. I thought to myself, I'm a horrible husband, right? Um, rather than letting it mean something to me, oh man, that's not what I meant. You know, I didn't mean that. I, you know, and that opens up the dialogue. But if I'm personalizing it, man, it really shuts it down quick. And again, it reunites that frustration and, you get right back into it, right? And so that's why I'm, I'm saying you got to learn to have conflict within the relationship and how to navigate it so these things don't get brought back into it and, and it becomes a perpetual argument where the past just keeps being brought up and the the thing that initially triggered the conflict, it is forgotten. You know, I, I can't count how many times I've heard couples go, yeah, we'll get fighting and then it gets to the point where we're like, we don't even know what we're fighting about anymore. So when you get lost in conflict, that's what happens. That should be a good indicator to let you know, man, we need to learn how to manage conflict. If we get in these fights and we totally forget why we were fighting in the first place, yeah, that's a, um, a, a good sign to, to learn the conflict, uh, how to manage it. So really what we're trying to do is during those times, the aftermath of a fight, remember this is after you've calmed down and you're coming back together, is really talk about what happened. Um, and it's easy if you try to describe it as if you were watching a movie or a TV show, 
right? Try to explain it from a third person's perspective, right? Um, This helps out immensely to keep the emotions low so you don't jump right back into where you were prior to, you know, separating to calm down. So, yeah, explain it in a way that you're watching as if it was happening to characters, you know, on a stage or a screen, because that helps, um, you know, not to personalize. And it also helps your partner not to personalize. So I'm telling you, I promise you that if you practice these small and seemingly insignificant things and you do it often, you can quickly see positive increases in the relationships. Positive feelings will grow, they'll foster, it'll cultivate, it'll become a catalyst toward a, um, a high level satisfaction relationship where you feel close, um, you feel the love, you feel the connection, the type of relationship that you would both want. So practice these things and practice them often. And I get it. It takes time to build this up. Some of it might seem unnatural at first, but just like riding a bicycle, when you first jumped on it, it was unnatural, unbalanced, wobbly. But as you kept jumping on it, it became natural. And I'm sure now if you know how to ride a bike and you haven't done it for years, if you jumped on one, you could do it no problem, right? Very similar situation here, right? practice it at first it might seem unnatural and wobbly but if you jump on that and keep incorporating these small seemingly insignificant things into your life you're gonna see major results in the relationship we'll catch you on the next therapy thursday thank you for joining us on the bless our mess podcast we hope this episode has added value in your life and the lives of your loved ones Don't miss out on future episodes by subscribing, following, and reviewing the show. Remember, when life gets messy, to join us and together we can bless our mess.